Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we're hanging out with Nikki Butler. Nick is the founder of Ireland Website Design, an agency who specializes in e-commerce websites. And as the name implies, he's based in Ireland. Nick was able to leverage some of the challenges of COVID last year, helped Irish retailers move to selling online, and that's given Nick an amazing opportunity to grow his business, to launch a SaaS app called LearnOn, and much more. Nick's also been a member of our U Academy Pro community for the last three years, has been a bootcamp grad. He's been with us for, for many, many years, so I'm really excited and honored to welcome you to the program. Welcome, Nick. Good to have you here, man. Yeah, Brent, it's great. Um, I feel like I should have been here ages ago. <laughs> I think I might have asked you to be on the podcast a few times, and I don't know. I don't. I won't take it personal that you uh, it took you this long to get on. <laughs> yeah, it's been probably at least ten times. And Abby made it on the show uh, before me, so that was uh, that that was interesting. So that really gave me the push I needed to be here now. You know. Yes, when your life partner, who came into our program after you. You know, when she comes on the show before you do, that 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 says something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so give us the, uh, like if we zoomed out from your agency today, we're 100 feet above it, we're looking down on it, uh, paint us a picture of what Ireland Website Design is today. How many people do you have? What's your core focus? What do you guys do really well? Yeah, great. Um, so obviously, as you said, we're in Ireland. We're based in the Southeast. Um, we have 10 staff. Um, we specialize in e-commerce. We do mainly Shopify uh, at this point. Uh, we find it a really good, reliable platform uh, for e-commerce store owners that lets us focus on uh, helping them with their marketing as opposed to fixing problems and that type of thing that other platforms can give you. Um, we do a lot of EPOS integrations. We do integrations with things like Amazon. We set up Google ads, Facebook ads, run email marketing, and we're also partnered with Ireland's largest retail association, um, Retail Excellence. And we look after Retail Excellence's own website. And uh, with a little bit of pushing from Brent, um, I've made it onto the stage a couple of times to talk at some of their in-person events, which um, was gave me a lot of anxiety. But uh, I have to say, uh, getting all those business cards at the end um, definitely made it worth it. So thanks, Brent, for all of the pushing. And you did a lot of pushing over the years. So it's been great. I mean, just to hear you talk about your focus on e-commerce and even just imagine, I, I don't know if it was like a picture of you and your team or maybe it was like our first, it wasn't even Zoom. It was like Adobe Connect or something like that. I mean, years ago, like running the business, I mean, you were kind of in the the t-shirt and flip-flops. This business didn't see, I mean, it was it was obviously your business. You were You were serious about it. I'm not sure how serious you were about it. I mean, you definitely went through this like transformation process where you're like, 
I'm going to make this a real business and start taking it up a notch. I'm not just a web designer. Can you maybe take us back? I mean, at this point, it's like five or six years to like earlier days with Ireland website design. I mean, where were you kind of before you started to really take it up a notch? Yeah, sure. So um, established the business in 2010. I had worked in retail in a family business and the business had kind of got sucked with the recession and I found myself unemployed. I actually had been looking after the business's website, the marketing. I'd been doing a few side jobs while I was working there as well. And then when the recession hit and I had to go look for another job, um, I found myself looking at a low paid on skill job and uh, which I got actually, I, I interviewed for and got the job, got the position. And, uh, I came home and I was a bit upset, actually, rather than excited that I picked up this job. And I spoke to Abby and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do here because I need to do something. I can't do this. And that's when she said, well, you know, hang off. You'll think of something. Something else will come along, you know. So that's where while I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, I started getting into website design and doing it for clients and promoting myself as that. And um, I went from 2010 to 2014. And it was tough those years, you know, like, I, I mean, you're trying to figure stuff out as you go along. You're building websites and you're learning on the job. You're hiring people and you hire someone else and you start losing money, not making money. And you're going, what's, what's the problem here? I'm busier now than I was before, you know? So it, it was tough. Um, at the time, a good job was probably a two grand project. And uh, I, I did, I had one in 2013, a government contract for a project. And um, I just remember literally making up the price because I didn't know how to price it, you know, and um, it, it turned out to be a nice paying job. Uh, we did the job, but it opened my eyes to something was something there was something bigger. And then I went looking to improve my my proposal document um, because I wasn't presenting. I was just emailing it over and I came across uh, Brent's really great lead magnet on the best proposal document where in that uh, I ended up on a drip feed where he was telling me, don't focus on the document, focus on the sales pitch, actually deliver it, you know, and that sort of stuff. And uh, really opened up my eyes, got involved in the community then. And um, I guess really learned a lot and haven't looked back since. It, you know, it's, it's, it's really changed my, I suppose, approach to business, you know, so it's been great. That's interesting. I didn't, I mean, I knew you came in around that time. I didn't know you actually came through the, uh, the proposal template. It's always interesting to kind of find where, yeah. where people, you know, enter the, uh, the, uh, the space. So that's, that's cool. Hey, what's up agency owners, Brent here. And I'm going to rant for a quick second about Google analytics. I don't know about you all, but I find that platform so difficult. Sometimes I was in a meeting with a client and they asked some basic questions about their website and funnel performance. And we hadn't set up all of their goals just perfectly to answer every possible question and we weren't able to give them that answer. And I really felt like we were flat-footed. Like we had all this data, but we didn't actually have the insights that we need. A friend of mine sent me a link to a new tool called Oribi. And I have to say, I've been blown away at this new analytics platform, how intuitive it is, the fact that you don't have to have a developer to set things up, the fact that data is retroactive and you can ask questions of the platform that you didn't set up ahead of time which makes you look like a rock star with your clients because your clients are going to ask 10 questions. And then when you give them those answers, they're going to ask 10 more questions. So you want to be able to show your clients cool results, but you also want to show your clients really succinct insights when it comes to their marketing performance, their website performance, their campaigns, their traffic spends, 
all of that kind of stuff. So look, if you're interested to learn more, I definitely recommend checking out Oribi. Go to oribi.io, that's O-R-I-B-I.io. And because you're all amazing listeners of the Digital Agency Show, they're hooking us up 20% off your first three months. If you go to oribi.io slash yougurus or use the code yougurus on their website. So check them out, oribi.io. Let's get back to our program. I feel like one of the things I always admire from you, Nick, is just how like you're really passionate about your business, but you also kind of call it how it is with your, with, uh, with how things go. Like you, you're very honest with your team and your employees and you just bring like a really good energy level. Like you're very passionate about what you do. Uh, and I'm kind of curious, like, what is it about websites and the internet that has attracted you and kind of kept you working on getting better? Because I feel like you have been on this quest to like be better and every website, every project you do is like better and better. And then you've kind of niched down e-commerce and you continue to get even better at what you're doing. And yes, you've been on stages and stuff like that, but it's the result of all the hard work you've done. So like, what's the, what's the why behind your uh, attraction to web and, and marketing stuff? Yeah. Um, I think at first it was just about having a job, you know, it evolved from there into wanting something better than just that, um, to actually have a business own it and take a better salary out of it and kind of just be better. There was, I suppose, a little bit of jealousy at looking at other agencies and seeing what they were doing and wondering how they were, where they were and me wanting to be part of that, you know, but then I, I don't know, something changed maybe, 2016, 2017, uh, it was a, a mindset shift where it actually became not about me anymore. It be it became about my customers and my staff, you know. Um, and what I wanted to do there was help my customers achieve success, you know. And that that brings me a lot of joy in my life, you know. When uh, we ran like a marketing campaign for a client uh, Easter weekend, and he brought in in one weekend what used to take him a whole month to do, you know. And um, before he worked with us, so just helping people grow and in, in, improve their businesses and their lives, it gives me a lot of a lot of joy and pleasure in what I do. So achieving results and it brings some purpose and meaning to what we get up and do every day. So I, th- I think that would probably be one of my biggest drivers at this stage. Would be that satisfaction I get out of those great client relationships that we end up having. Let's talk about your. Niche, you decided to really double down on the e-commerce space. Last year was a boom for e-commerce. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, so so a lot of people might look at you and say, wow, that was really forward thinking that you were leaning into e-commerce and that you were making e-commerce the focus of your agency. But I'd love to even go to maybe a little bit before that, before e-commerce was Ireland website design's main thing. And I even remember us talking about you know, rebranding the company maybe to make it more about e-commerce because was it still website design or whatever? But let's talk about the process of you choosing your focus and really getting clear on the the, the primary market you serve. I know you probably still have some clients that are uh, from a variety of different markets, but let's talk about that that niche that you started to go after. What was part of like what was your decision making process that e-commerce was going to be your focus? Yeah, um, it. It came from a few, so we did a few different niches and we probably did e-commerce for a brief amount of time as well. And um, we were in the not-for-profit space. A lot of agencies seemed to be knocking around in there. And I was kind of finding it a little bit difficult to gain traction in that market. Like we had signed up some clients 
we'd signed up a healthcare association that was quite big. And we'd also signed up a retail association that was quite big. But really, I didn't feel like we were making the traction that I was seeing other people make in their uh, niches. And then I get a call from the retail association and I was driving home. And I find actually, one thing about pre-COVID was the trips in the car. If you were going to meet a client, it was a one hour, two hour drive, right? And there was a lot of, I'm usually in the car by myself and I usually knock the radio off and just sit in silence as I drive and I kind of escape into my world and my thoughts. And it's, it's a really good place for me actually driving in the car. And uh, the phone rang, it was the retail association. And I just kind of went, oh, what do these guys want now? You know, because they've got my mobile and, you know, they're not ringing the office. It must be something. And so I pick up the phone and I'm talking to them. And, you know, that the association, that they, they're probably in terms of budget and stuff, it, you know, they didn't have a big web budget. And it was always, they were looking for more out of me than I could give, you know? And so I answered the phone, I'm talking to the guy and, uh, you know, when we're on the call, he again throws out the, you know, the olive branch of, why don't you get more involved with the retail association, Nick? Why are you not turning up at our events? Why are you not doing stuff for our members? You know, why are you not like using us for your own business and for what we can give you? You know, I kind of hung up the phone and I kept driving and it didn't sink in straight away. You know, I was still over in not-for-profit space somewhere. And about 20 minutes later, it was like a eureka moment in the car. I have a champion that wants to promote me in an industry that we could work really well in. Uh, my family's business is in retail. Uh, my first couple of websites that I set up were e-commerce websites. Um, the first e-commerce site I set up was before there was even a shopping cart system. It was just PayPal buttons dotted all around the website, if you remember what that was like. you know. And, and so that was... The moment that I realized my niche should be uh, e-commerce and retail, and um, it was by the time I got home, I'd already rang the office and told everyone we were pivoting. <laughs> That's where we were going, and uh, I, I jumped full hog into it. Really, um, like I literally just, you know, everything changed over just in that one drive. You know, everything was about e-commerce and retail then, but we still on our own website promoted the other stuff we did. We still got all sorts of other leads, but. My 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 focus now became on growing and driving the e-commerce part of our business. And that was an interesting journey because I remember sitting down with my kind of project manager at the time, Stephen. Stephen was a great guy. And uh, I, I told him in the car about, you know, specializing in e-commerce. And we met up in my hometown by the beach. It was actually a nice day to grab a coffee when I got him back from Dublin. And uh he looked really worried, you know? <laughs> I was like, what's, what's wrong? Well, why are you so worried? And he goes, Nick, we can't do retail. We can't do e-commerce. And I said, why? And he goes, like, every time there's a problem with a, an e-commerce website, he's like, do you not notice that, like, it has to be sorted immediately? Clients go into panic mode. We're firefighting. It's stressful, you know? He's like, what happens on Black Friday when too many visitors come to the website and take the server down, you know? What happens when, you know, there's a, a problem with a payment method and it's a, a Saturday, you know, and we're, it's the weekend off, you know? And so all of these things, you know, started to come up as being problems, you know? And I think that's what we do as entrepreneurs and business people is that um, we actually like to solve problems, right? That's what we do. So I, I looked at the problems that Steve put in front of me and I went, yeah, you know what? You are right, you know? So then we started to look at platforms. We started to look at processes, systems, how we could handle Black Friday weekend for all of our e-commerce clients 
and get through that weekend and provide you know the same level of support in in that period that we would in any other week or weekend for a retailer you know so so that and all of those problems ended up being things that we could solve they weren't impossible to solve them and we did that you know and so i said so so that that was kind of one of the drivers behind shopify by the way because if you had a load of sites on magento or wordpress and you know you've got them all set up on your server or servers and you know they all crash because they don't scale when there's a big sale weekend or something like that you, you know your phone's going to be ringing there's no no two ways about it so um that was uh, one of the solutions to that problem that we came up with but uh, there was some other stuff that we had to do but um yeah that was that was kind of the the, the main thing i find that really interesting because it's this industry especially building websites there's a low barrier to entry when it comes to all of these platforms that are out there. You know, anybody with a laptop and knows how to use a web browser can quote unquote be a web designer. And it's interesting that your, you know, your team member brought up that there was all these risks or challenges about e-commerce. And on the surface, he's absolutely right. But when you really think about it, as your agency's been able to build SOPs, build, you know, build individual processes or policies, build your support infrastructure around some of the unique things that e-commerce businesses face, right? It's almost like you're building a little moat around your business that not every web designer can go be like a high performance e-commerce shop because there are like high demand problems, you know, like if, if you're just a regular old web designer and your client's doing a Black Friday sale and you decide to plan a vacation for that weekend, whereas an e-commerce agency, like there's no way. You guys are probably like yeah. that week, you're on 24-7, seven days a week. Like nobody's going away on Black Friday, right? And, and sometimes I feel like it's those things that seem like they're, they're the really hard problems become our differentiators. They become the reason that, you know, a client's going to choose us in our niche versus somebody else. How has being, you know, being niche now in e-commerce, now that you've solved some of these problems, how has that helped you guys at Ireland Website Design? Yeah, it's definitely set us apart as uh, experts in the field. Uh, one, one thing that hit um, our country uh, uniquely um, this year, uh, as well as COVID, of course, was Brexit. You know, so uh, the UK leaving the EU single market, and you know, we actually share a land border with the UK between north and south, um, which you know isn't ideal. And we also have a lot of trades that goes east and west from Ireland to the UK. And all of a sudden, overnight, we had tariffs imposed on exports from Ireland. Uh, so something as simple as, um, you know, a client sells a pair of shoes to a customer in the UK, right? So now that customer has to pay an import duty on that item. You know, five months ago, that wasn't a thing, right? But what happens when you put on the pair of shoes and they don't fit and they send it back to the retailer? So now the retailer has to pay an import duty on the item coming back in, or at least they shouldn't. But if the right paperwork isn't with the item and the customer wasn't told this paperwork needs to be in if you're sending a return back, otherwise we're going to be charged import duty. So otherwise, you know, this is going to cost the customer, you know. So just little things like that we were able to get out ahead of this year and actually tell our customers straight off the bat, this is what you need to do, but not even tell our customers but tell our retail association, tell our potential customers that this is what you need to do. And so we got very quickly seen as the experts uh, in our niche in our industry. And it completely, like it put us 
like as you talked about putting us on a on an island with a moat around it, it it almost put us on a different planet in my opinion you know um because you had all these retailers that were running around pulling their hair out not knowing what to do and they they were just about to lose their biggest export you know which was the UK market and yeah okay we are heavily impacted by Brexit our clients are but to be able to be there and advise our customers about what to do uh, we had another big one that happened uh, so have you ever heard of a retailer called Amazon? <laughs> right? I've, Amazon. Uh, it might have been like, I don't know. Not, let's see. How long have we been on this interview? 20 minutes? Um, yeah. I, I have I have not ordered from Amazon in the last 20 minutes. I know at least that much. <laughs> so Amazon in Ireland is like one of the biggest online retailers like everywhere else. Um, but it's Amazon.co.uk. And all of our Amazon products get fulfilled from the UK market, you know? And so now Amazon has to open up a fulfillment center in Ireland and open up an Irish website. So it's going to be Amazon.ie, right? And so we're already prepping for that and getting our customers ready to load their products up to, up onto Amazon Ireland, you know, which is something that a lot of them wouldn't know how to do. And when Amazon comes into our market with, you know, its own website again and all that sort of stuff, they're going to put a lot of money in terms of marketing behind that as well. So there's going to be TV ads. There's going to be, you know, Google shopping ads all over the place. And our clients need to be there because if they're not there, they're going to lose an opportunity. Um, so again, a, a, another reason why specializing in e-commerce and though, yeah, it's very simple and anybody can set up a Shopify store shows you how actually specializing in that niche um, can really make you the go-to experts in the industry. I want to talk about last year a little bit because I think what you did is so inspiring and I think it's something that we had encouraged a lot of people to do when uh, in our community when kind of COVID first happened was yeah you might have clients that are calling to cancel you might have you know some major short-term turbulence but this is an opportunity like everybody's looking for leadership everybody is looking for an answer to their problem around you know their business their storefront their e-commerce right I mean all that kind of stuff People were looking for solutions and a lot of people were kind of like freaking out. Like they were trying to solve their own problems, let alone go and solve somebody else's. But I think one of the things that you did that I just am so excited is, is you did kind of get out in front of it. Like you did go and really start to push a lot of, you know, content or, you know, information out there related to how business could, businesses could kind of weather this storm. Can you talk a little bit about what you did last year with some of the businesses that you worked with in Ireland and kind of how your how your thought process worked for that? Yeah, sure. Um, so what do we do? We got involved in a bunch of online webinars with the Retail Association uh, to get in front of our uh, customers and potential customers talking about, you know, what, what's happening in, in the e-commerce space. We also, so there was some grants that were available, uh, specific COVID supports and um Really, once we got the first client um, applied for that and helped them get going with it, it was very easy and obvious how to apply for more of those, you know. So we managed to secure 10 majorly big grants for 10 retailers in the country. These would be retailers that didn't have online stores or, or very limited online presences, uh, but had physical stores and had laid staff off and that kind of thing. So we managed to get 10 grants for that and, and get them up and running with their websites and there was other grants out there as well. Um, they were a lot smaller, um, but they were still quite meaningful for the small businesses that were eligible for them. And uh, one thing we actually did was uh, that kind of set us apart in that sense as well. Uh, not even entirely sure we were meant to do this, 
but we did it anyway. Um, rather than getting the clients to complete the grant application forms themselves, and like the forms ask questions, and some of these clients have no idea what the answers are to the questions, you know. We just went and filled them all in for them, you know. So we'd sit down with the client. Part of the discovery was find out what they needed, but we were also putting their quote together and actually putting their grant application together at the same time. They obviously had to read through it and sign off on it and put their signature at the end and submit it themselves. But the actual form was done. And those forms, really, they take about 15 minutes to fill in when you're filling them in, when you're filling in 10 a day. But um, when... When you've got a when you've got a client they've never filled in one before and they're scratching their head going um, I don't I don't know what's an e-commerce platform you know if that was a question on the form like they don't know what to put down you know so um, we, we were very I think ready for that and and we were pretty much out the out the gate on that one helping clients um, get get grants and there was a huge push onto e-commerce like there was businesses that were never e-commerce that were going online you know and there was. The other thing that we found last year was um, the level of knowledge of the clients that were going online was like there was a big drop because these were the people who had resisted e-commerce, you know, for years. Like I had, I had a guy uh, signed up for a project last year and uh, when it got going and, you know, we were doing his project and doing Zoom calls with him and that kind of stuff. I asked him why he only took me up on the quote three years after I did it and why now it was obviously it was COVID, but he said, Nick, I was never going to do an online store. He said, after meeting you and spending time with you, I realized that I wasn't online retail. He's like, I'm bricks and mortar. That's what I know. I'm not an e-commerce store owner. But he goes, I don't have any choice now with COVID. I have to go online, you know? But it was interesting to see like a client like him where like, so when he came to us, like I haven't mentioned the name of the client or his industry, so I can talk numbers and that type of thing. But he was turning over about a million a year through bricks and mortar, you know? but online he had zero and then COVID hit, his bricks and mortar is completely shut down, like Vamoost closed. We set up his his website the first month we did ten thousand euros in sales. You know, we're up last month we did over twenty thousand euros, you know. So okay, it's not replaced his entire revenue, but he's he's seeing the benefit of e-commerce now. We're scaling and growing it with him, and he's seen that he can trust us to do a lot of the marketing and that type of thing, you know, and it's actually a great client. He's hands off in terms of letting us get things done ourselves, um, but he can have a lot of questions um, around the basics, you know? Um, so how do I do a refund or, you know, I've got this question from a customer, how do I answer that or, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's, it's a very straightforward, in fact, client uh, to deal with. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's e the number two m solutions.com. All right, back to our show. I mean, I think getting a getting a business from zero dollars in e-commerce to 20k a month in essentially 12 months. Somebody has no experience whatsoever in yeah. e-commerce, has never launched a store, never marketed it. I mean, that's that's huge. And not to mention as things start to open, I mean, if if he can survive, and I think this is the, I mean, if there's going to be a silver lining, it's, you know, if the business survives and things do go back to normal and that million dollar business comes back to some level, 
You know, he, he has now learned something new and he has a little bit of diversification in his business. He's got his bricks and mortar now. He's got his online. And we could all have told business owners over and over ahead of time, like, you should be online. This is going to help you, you know, open up, diversify, whatever. I mean, and everybody was like, ah, I don't need to. I don't need to. And I think the post-COVID conversation is, it's, I mean, I don't feel like that's going to need to be as much of a, of a, a sales objection to overcome. Like people know that they need it now. It's not an, it's not a, it's not an if, but more of an how, how type of thing. Yeah. So one other thing, and this has been, dude, I love, I love hanging out. I feel like we have so much to talk about Nick, but I do want to make a little bit of time before we close out. You did start developing your own SaaS, which I know you, um, you've put a ton of work into. I mentioned the intro, it's called learn on, what what is what is learn on all about? How did you get into that? Yeah, good question. So basically, I took on a new uh, project manager, Christian, back in 2019, and he came to uh, Denver for the last in person uh, U Summit. You know, and uh, Brent, if you remember, you actually gave me some advice during the hiring process of getting Christian on board. So Christian's been a a great fit for the digital agency, and he's the opposite to me. So whereas I can be the visionary, he's very much the integrator and the getting things done. Um, so one thing that I said to Christian, uh, and he's very business minded, I said to him, if he could take enough off my plate at Ireland website design to give me a little bit of breathing space to find a product, we can develop something that we can sell. Um, at the time and before that, my thoughts were trying to find something in the e-commerce space, uh, a niche, because that's where we live. It's where we eat and breathe and, and spend all of our time, you know. Um, but I, I've spent all that time trying to figure out, you know, what product in the e-commerce space we could do. And we even thought of a few things, but either the market wasn't big enough for it or, you know, we didn't feel like that we weren't getting excited, excited about the, the software. So back in uh, 2017, I saw my biggest project yet after doing quite a few different uh, in the past over the last 10 years, we'd done a couple of membership websites and a couple of um, learning management system sites using like WordPress plugins and that type of thing. But in 2017, we had this client and they came to us with some very specific, unique needs. And when we went and kind of investigated the market to see what SaaS solutions were out there for them, we couldn't really find. We found stuff, but nothing that was like a perfect fit. Then we looked at like WordPress add-ons and that type of thing. And again, nothing that was a perfect fit. So we started to realize quite quickly that we needed to build something custom uh, for them. So uh, I, that was not something we could, we had the in-house skills to do. Uh, it was going to be a big project. So we leveraged the Uguru's community to find a partner to help us with that project. Um, so they came on board and basically helped me hire my own in-house development team. They helped us get the project off the starting blocks. We, they, they helped kind of, you know, give us the process for developing software. And we actually ended up hiring two in-house developers to build it. Uh, the problem was, what do you do once the software is built and done and finished? Um, and so we had a little bit of work for those developers after that. And then kind of that custom software development stuff started to actually dry up, whereas we had to let one of those PHP developers go. So then um, when that kind of time happened, I started looking at the software that we built and the client was giving us feedback and of course, the project was done now. Um, you know, so we started to get some feedback. We started to look at the project ourselves. How would we make it diff- better if we were to do something like that again? And that's where LearnOn came from. I kind of realized 
we've done this once before. We now have the in-house skill to build something like this again. And I thought, well, hang on, if we could build this better in terms of design, better in terms of functionality and build it from scratch again and build it faster this time because we, we've done it before, maybe this is something we could have as a SaaS product. So it's not in the e-commerce space, I guess. It lets you sell courses. So specifically learn on, it's a scalable educational grade learning management system, a tool for creating courses. Clients can sign up to it. It can be branded to their own business and they can use it to create their own online communities and training programs. It handles billing and user management and has add-ons for things like um, messaging systems, file sharing, user profiles, message boards, that kind of thing. So actually very like the YouGuru's backend. Uh, in, and in fact, um, I would have to say when I was doing my research um, and we were developing the product, it was one of the sites that I logged into the backend of to have a look at, you know, um, to steer us. Um, so, so basically we've ended up with something that's uh, very polished, very good, works really well. Um, we're in the kind of testing phase of it now. Uh, and we're kind of probably keeps getting pushed back, but I keep saying we're about a month away from launching it. And I've been saying that for three months now, but um, I feel like it, it should be up and running this side of the summer uh, and ready to push out there uh, and sell. So the reason for Learn On Brent uh, and what, where it came from is basically advice that you gave. Uh, at one stage, I remember, uh, I don't know, was it a podcast you did, but you were talking about developing plugins and selling them. Um, as a way for extra kind of passive income, you know, and that kind of resonated with me, which was if you build a, you know, a SaaS product is a better profit margin. I could hopefully get a better salary out of it. You can gain financial freedom from it. Like I love the idea of, you know, having something that, you know, you can sell a lot of, have a lot of recurring clients on board and, 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 you know, gives me more freedom, more time because it's one product, one project. It's not like 200 clients projects out in the wild that you're, you know, 20 or 30 of them are on maintenance, 170 can go bang at any time and you're pulled back in on those projects. Um, so it, it lets us focus and, and be very focused on one thing. And um, it gets me out of the hot seat because starting a new business from scratch again, it lets you stand back and look at it and say, well, what's the problems in my current business? And if I was to hit the reset button right now, what would I do differently? And so one of the things I would do differently is not be the face of it. You know, if I can, I'd like to kind of sink a little bit into the background and let somebody else be the face of the, of the, of the new business, the, the new platform. So, you know, they're the ones that deal with the clients, they deal with the problems, you know, they're the go-to person and I'm just in the background there supporting them and helping them make the right decisions and make the right moves with that. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's learn on and, um, I, I'm hoping if we were to do another podcast in a year from now or 18 months from now, I'll be well and truly on my way with that. And uh, I, I, one of the things that I noticed from a marketing point of view as well, and, and being a website design agency owner, is sometimes there are products out there in the market and they are trying to sell, sell to the end uh, client who would use the software, but they miss out on the fact that us agencies are always stuck in the middle the client's asking us for advice and where we, they should go and that kind of thing. And so I really see part of me selling that system once I really get it going is to, you know, engage with uh, agency owners and maybe tie them into the projects and let them get healthy commissions and cuts on it, like go high level and things like that, where, you know, there's good commission structures on them and that type of stuff. So that, that, that would be my, one of my routes to market, I think, you know. 
Awesome. Well, we just had uh, Sean on the program, the the one of the high level founders. So uh, maybe go catch up on that episode, Nick. But uh, dude, I love hearing about Learn On. I love hearing the backstory on it and the evolution of you as an entrepreneur and leader. Just absolutely inspires me. I hope our listeners are inspired. You've got an amazing story, Nick. Um, are you ready for our lightning round? Yeah, shoot. <laughs> now, I'm going I'm to have you laugh, but remember, Nick, this is a lightning round, which means a shorter <laughs> oh, <no>. answer. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, already prepped my answers, so we're all good. This is going to be boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you're, you're, you're my one client. Whenever I see you schedule, I always have to clear out the next meeting just to make sure we have time. Uh, I hate being that guy. <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever received? Jen Buzzer, 2015. Done is better than perfect. And in the new niche that I'm entering, it means start before I feel ready. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Perseverance, but only when I want something. So if I really want something, I'll do whatever it takes to get it. I was convinced it was going to be afternoons in the hot tub, dude. I just, <laughs> just, just for our audience, half of Nick's meetings are taken from the hot tub. Just, just so you know. There's been one or two. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners will find valuable? Yeah. So last year with Launch and Learn On, um, business planning was really important and playing around with my lean canvas and that type type of thing. And that's when I came across lifeplan.com. It lets you set up your business plan and play with your financial projections. What I really liked about uh, Lifeplan is that it lets you create different financial projection scenarios so you can do your best case, your worst case, your likely, you know, jot in what happens if I give 50% of my revenue to the agency that introduces me? How does that impact my, my revenue stream and my model? So lifeplan.com, really great tool. And what book would you recommend and why? Yeah, I don't read a ton of books, um, but I did read a book this year. Um, it was Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. So it probably isn't like a real core business book, um, but it was great reading about an entrepreneur's journey and how I always look at a big brand like Nike and you forget that even big brands, there's usually one or maybe two people behind that on day one that just started out just like Nick or Brent with an idea. And um, Phil Knight's idea was to make the best running shoes. Phil Knight was a runner and that's what he was interested in. And um, he, he wanted to do that. And then reading his book, that man went through some hardship and pain in business, you know, like there was severe perseverance. There was a, a belief in that he could create something better. And there was years where he made no money, years where it was difficult. And he had challenges against other um, other shoe businesses at the time that he was up against that were bigger than him, that like would try put him out of business and that type of thing. So uh, he accidentally did one of the core things of business, which is niche. I don't think he did that on purpose. I think he niched because he was a runner. The book left me feeling inspired. It's absolutely brilliant read. I'm actually in the last uh, the last half of that book myself, Nick. So I can I'll second that. <laughs> Big fan of Shoe Dog so far. I haven't finished it, so don't tell me the ending, right? Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a great story, and uh, I love that you shared that book today because I've been I've been loving that book, <laughs> and it's uh, it's been really inspiring, like everything that you said. So we will link out to Shoe Dog. We will link out to Live Plan. We will also have lots of nuggets, key takeaways from today's episode on our show notes page. That's at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. 
We organize so many resources from every single episode right on that page. So if you want to check out Nick's SaaS, we've got that there as well. Uh, speaking of Nick, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Uh, not right now, no. But they can check me out on... Um, I, I actually don't have a place you can check me out. You can go to Ireland Website Design and look at the About page and there's a big picture of me there. If you want, you can spend half an hour staring at that if you'd like. But uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, check out IrelandWebsiteDesign.com and LearnOn.io is the website. All right. Well, well, Nick, we're gonna we'll, we'll talk offline about your uh, your call to action. Uh, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> how long have we been working together? How long, how did you know that question was not coming, Nick? Um, all right, dude. I kid. Yeah, so we'll we'll link out to Ireland website design, learn on, we'll link out to your social profiles, people to connect with you, research you, find out more about you, your SaaS, um, your web design company, watch what you're doing in the e-commerce space. I think if you're an agency owner out there doing e-commerce, whether that's in the US or in Europe, I'd recommend they connect with you. Uh, learn about what you're doing. I think there's a lot more room to collaborate as agency owners. So if you guys are out there and you want to know more information about that, check them out. Uh, we'll organize all those links at our show notes page, yougurus.com slash podcast. If you're listening to this week of, you'll see Nick's photo right up there at the top. Click on that, and then you'll find all those great resources for you right there. Nick, thanks so much for stopping by the program today. Cheers. Thanks, Brent. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Oh,